Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. Welcome back once again, Bread and Circuses Podcast. I am Rooster, here with Crow. Hello. How you doing, Crow? Good. We are remote again because uh, schedules and uh, <clears throat> possible coronavirus hmm. have gotten in our way. Uh, uh, everybody's got the woo flu. Well, they said something like 77% of kids nationwide have tested positive for it. So uh, I may or may not have had a case of it. Well, after you may or may not have said you may or may not have had a case last time you talked to me, I came down with like a little mild chest cold thing. You can probably hear it a little bit in my voice, but um, it's weird because uh, I've it feels like the tail end of a cold. Like I've never had a cold, like just feel like the end of a cold. You know what I'm talking about? No, no idea. Like you, you get you get chest congestion, you start coughing, you get that scratchy throat. Yep. Plugged up nose and all that. Well, I really didn't get the scratchy throat. I didn't get, um, you know, any of those sick feeling in my eyes or body. I just had this, you know, chest cold kind of cough thing, um, for a couple of days now. It's like, it's like right when you're winding down from a cold, you're kind of coughing up a little bit of that phlegm at the very end. That's kind of where I'm at. So it's like my, my I think, uh, it might be, you know, the, the, the watered down virus is just getting more and more watered down maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so you basically you started your sickness at the end of your sickness. That's what exactly saying. what I was saying. Yes. Okay. All right. So well, we have uh, as always lots to talk about. So yeah. you want to? Well, the biggest. Want to kick it off? Yeah, sure. the The biggest thing probably we should talk about is the um, supermarket shooting because that's happened since we last recorded. Yes, the uh, one in Buffalo, New York. Buffalo. Uh, what was that? Tops grocery store or something i can't remember the name of the grocery store yeah something like that but um yeah some uh some dipshit coward showed up and uh killed a bunch of people and i don't know is it like 10 10 dead at this point yeah let me ask you something though i hear coward all the time with these people why would you say coward i'm calling him a coward because he purposely went after civilians that he uh, new weren't trained to protect themselves. And so well, if you're going to be a nut job piece of shit, doesn't that make sense? I mean, why would no, you, because if you look like... at his ideology, um, he obviously was a nut job, but he had, uh, you know, this white supremacy, you know, um, you know, uh, craziness in his manifesto. He had a 180 page manifesto where, you know, he was all over the map politically, but he was, very concerned about uh, white replacement and that what the left calls the uh, the great replacement theory or white replacement theory, which I don't know why the right goes along with that term because I don't know where it came from other than the left. It's it's a white replacement agenda would be better <laughs> would be a better term. Well, I think the first place that surfaced was wasn't it the first unite the right thing where most of the conservatives sort of got suckered into believing that was a. Yeah, it's been around for a while. It's 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 actually kind of there's some truth to it. I mean, it's the the unite the right right rally. They were chanting or screaming, uh, "You will not replace us." Remember? Yeah. And and some of them were actually screaming, uh, "Jews will not replace us" because you know they have to go there too. Yeah. Um. But um. There. I mean, just like any like any, anything to get people riled up, there's always a kernel of truth in it. You know. Oh yeah. And yeah. and so there's a kernel of truth to it, and the replacement theory which is just an agenda it's it's just um a, 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 a way to to separate um the homogeny of the countries the european countries in america um, because it's easier to control people who are divided and so yeah. you know the there might be and there might not be it might be a concerted effort there might be a loose effort it might not be, even be like that it might just be kind of the left thinks it's a good idea because diversity is must strength you know 
Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's not hard to believe because you hear out of their mouths talking about how great it is that the that the white birth rates are dropping, how beautiful that is, and how awesome is that they're gonna that whites are gonna be a minority, and we have to be sure that when they become an absolute minority, that they they don't have minority rule. You see, so we have to really put our boot to their neck. So with that kind of rhetoric, you can understand why, you know, crazies are going to turn the corner and do something crazy. Well, haven't we been saying it for a while? You're going to get crazy people doing crazy stuff if you just keep, I mean, you keep turning up the heat on this right. rhetoric. And, and I'm not justifying what he did either. It, 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 and I've said this about the black uh, nationalists that the fucker that ran over the people in Waukesha, was it Waukesha? That ran over the people at the Christmas parade. He was a black supremacist. He hated white people. He he was no, that was it. That was his car that did that. A truck of peace. Yeah. Um. He he was he all this racial hatred that's been fomented from pretty much completely from the left. Um. And you know, big media, who's like I've talked about this before, where it's all it is is putting out programming talking about how oppressive the whites either are now or have been in the past. So they make you know, um, um, a movie based in the forties or a TV show based in the forties where whites are shitty to black people and they go, see, 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 you know, and, uh, that's the agenda. It's to make black people angry, angry, angry. White people are out, you know, everything that I can't, everything that I can't get on my own or I can't, um, you know, um, prosper is somebody else's fault. And that's easy. You know, it's easy to point the finger at another race that way. And that's what they've been doing. Now you see that happen. And I've been talking about that. And I said, that's, that's bringing rise to more black nationalists, which, which is true. There's more, the fastest growing hate racial hate group in America are black nationalist groups. Um, but that's not to say that there's the other side of the coin, this guy, well, this yeah. uh, Buffalo shooter, he's the other side of the coin. He's, he's, he's getting fed racial hatred too, but he's seeing like, um, he's seeing the the left talk about how great it is that whites are being replaced or he's seeing that um you know the 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 blm movement um and and providing cover for basically criminal acts and for burning down cities and looting and robbing and raping and murdering whatever he's seeing that and he's going well you know look at how they're acting well i guess to get back to my coward thing quick I, that's one word I don't use for people like this. I mean, I'll use every, you know, nut job, piece of shit, everything like that. But I think, you know, the left is harping on gun control out of this whole thing. They're like, we got to have more gun control. All you're doing is creating more places for someone like this to go. And, you know, yeah, you can say he's a coward because he goes there and shoots up a place where he knows people aren't going to be armed. But if you're really into, if you're indoctrinated in this, you have to take out as many black people as you can. Mm. Where, where are you going to go? You're well, going to go where they, you know, they probably the, aren't. The thing is, if this guy really wanted to make an impact for 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 white supremacy, he he would have chosen an area that was, you know, uh, I don't know. A high crime area or said you know hey this is a known crack house i'm gonna go shoot this crack house up and then and, and, and you know this a, probably got shot back at by you know the 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 criminals with guns now i would at that point i wouldn't call him a coward i'd say he's a nut job and crazy but and if it was racially motivated he's a he's a piece of shit but um if if he was just targeting like you know people he knew that were not innocent it would be a different story yeah see like i think the guy who went into the um church in south carolina and shot those people up he strikes me as a coward i'm not again i'm not trying to defend this guy i just i, I don't you know. i don't know why you wouldn't but that that by it kind of perturbs me that you wouldn't consider this dude a coward if you consider if you consider the guy who went to a church a coward why is this guy going into a grocery store not a coward and shooting people um, well, cause he probably doesn't know how many people are going to be there. The guy who went into the church. He knew those people personally. He hung out with them. He, he knew exactly what kind of situation he was walking into and that nobody was going to, nobody was going to be there. This, this other guy who shot up the store, um, he had been casing the place and found out they, he knew they had a security guard. Yeah. So, he knew they had a security guard, but he also knew that that was a, a gun free zone for civilians too. Yeah, probably. He did. I mean, he, I, he, I think he wrote about that from what I understand, that he knew that, you know, he, they weren't going to be able to shoot back. Maybe the security guard would be able to shoot back, which he did. Security guard shot him, but I guess got him in the vest. 
bullet you know, yeah. bullet resistant vest. Um, I had no intention of watching the video either because I guess he live live streamed it. Yeah, and just well, he said his he said his inspiration was the uh, New Zealand shooter who live streamed his. Yeah. Um, who basically admits that he's a he's an eco terrorist, uh, big fan of the Chinese Communist government. Um, both both of their manifestos, the Buffalo shooter and the uh, New Zealand shooter, are, were anti-capitalists. Right. I mean, it was just, but right away, it's oh, it's Tucker Carlson's fault. He never mentions Tucker. He never mentions Republicans, other than to say Republicans are the new, you know, capitalists or whatever, and right. I hate them just the same. I mean, it, it's like they they immediately go to oh, it's all Republicans' fault, and it's yeah. all of them. You know, and I mean, now you've got people on CNN, MSNBC, these pundits going on there saying, well, we have to treat the Republican Party as a terrorist organization. Right. I'm sorry. That's par for the uh, course for them. Something's got to be done about those people yeah. and done about those people. I mean, someone has to hit them with some uh, some, um, uh, some serious legal. Uh, yeah, there's got to be charges. ramifications for this. Yeah, kind of somebody's got to hit them with some lawsuits. I mean, you can't just go on TV and recklessly say stuff like that. It puts people in danger. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm, I'm not going on here saying, uh, you know, when uh, the one BLM supporter shot those cops in Washington, D.C., that we got to tear down the Democratic Party. I mean, it, it's just that's stuff crazy people say. So. Well. Yeah, but the, this is gonna this is gonna turn into you know we have to have more gun control and we have to have you know uh, yeah I mean Biden's on, Biden's already saying that but uh, yeah it's not gonna go anywhere but it's still it's just annoying yeah the left is coming out and media is coming out talking about how oh Tucker Carlson brought up white replacement theory over four hundred times since two thousand sixteen and uh, I'm like okay sure it's a it's a term that was brought forth by the left. Yeah, which he continually theory. mocks on his show. And that it's an agenda that some of them espouse and they espouse openly and they espouse proudly. It's not a a democrat wide policy. It's it's just right. a, an element of the left that feels like that's a good idea. There's a lot of this white hatred going on and they call it whiteness and the you know the systems of whiteness they have to tear it down. Well, what does that mean? It means they want to get rid of they want to limit the number of white people. And if that was said about any other race, it would be considered racist because it is. Now, the fact and, that this guy got all bent out of shape out of, over it and went and shot innocent people is not justified at all. It's it's ridiculous and it's cowardly and it's evil. Yeah, it's definitely evil. That's so, for sure. And I, I just don't want anybody to misconstrue anything I say as kind of justification for what he did because I think he's a fucking absolute sack of shit. And like I said a hundred times before, not just now, but he's he's a coward. And I I was talking about before I didn't have any intention of watching the video. Well, um, acquaintance of mine caught me and said, "Hey, take a look at this," and whipped out his phone and showed me the video. And uh, it was infuriating, man. It was it was hard to watch because it made me really fucking angry. Um, yeah. The guy the guy just casually pulls up to the store, gets out of his car, and just immediately no chance. This woman has no chance whatsoever even if even if this person would have been armed she would have had no chance um gets out of his car pulls up his rifle kills her pulls you know kills the next guy behind her or whoever behind her shoots the glass kills somebody behind the glass walks through the door starts shooting people i mean he's just like a machine he has no hesitation it's just fucking evil yeah, well, we're going to see the other side of this now too. There's going to be a black person who does it. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's 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 like tit for tat, and, and that's the kind of thing that happens. And there's going to be rhetoric that that ramps this up and makes this makes someone want to do this. I mean, the guy that just did the subway shooting and and didn't luckily didn't kill anybody. The one that did the smoke smoke bomb and started mm -hmm. shooting, um, he was he was one of those that was affected by this white hatred, this ramping up of uh, of all the rhetoric against whites. You know, yeah. so, yeah. And then this, so what really makes this really bad, I mean, really obviously racially motivated other than, you know, I think the first woman he shot was not a black woman, but most people were black. And then at one point he had a chance to shoot a crouching white guy and he didn't shoot him. He goes, oh, sorry. And like swoops the rifle away from him. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's horrible. And the well, the, but, the gun laws aren't going to change this. It's it's ramping down the rhetoric that's going to change this. For one, the 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 racial rhetoric, the 
the the left talking about how um, demographic change and, and flooding the borders, like like Biden said, an unrelenting what unrelenting wave of information inf, uh, immigration that will not stop, and people like me of white European stock will be a minor absolute minority, and that's a good thing. How can that be? Put any other race in that, and and how how can that be anything but racist? You know, it's sickening. <clears throat> to hear that kind of rhetoric it's just going to well, push they, people like this be, over the edge they can't be called racist because they are white if you, you go know? into a black neighborhood and you start uh revitalizing it they call it uh gentrification right if white people start moving yeah. into a blighted black neighborhood and that's supposedly nowadays considered very bad you shouldn't do that um you've got uh, after new orleans after the um um the floods Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't the mayor, I can't remember the mayor's name, but he came out and said, when we rebuild, this will remain a chocolate city. Yeah. Saying basically, uh, no, no, we're not going to gentrify. We're not going to have a bunch of white people move in here and displace black people. And as a matter of fact, I can understand that, you know, say, yeah, if you grew up in that area and, and you've struggled there and all of a sudden, you know, you get hit with a flood and then you're, you're going to, there's government money coming in and, and revitalization. And then next thing you know, everybody, you know, friends and family are kind of edged out for a bunch of you know rich white people that pissed me off <laughs> you well, know there's this isn't just a that's not even a racial thing i mean there's there's an irish folk song about how uh the rare old times talking about how dublin is changing because you know everything is uh it's you know late 18th early 19th century uh sorry late 19th early 20th century where everything's becoming you know more industrialized and um bigger and better and Dublin, which was this little town, you know, is now becoming, you know, this huge metropolis and, and the people can't take it anymore. So they're leaving. Um, yeah, but know, and, I mean, there's no racial component I, to that. I know, but well, in some cases it was, you know, you're, it was, uh, religious English people coming in, you know, and yeah, there was, there were religious elements to it too. But the point is this stuff goes on all the time and, you know, it's just that you get these white people who are so apologetic. Yeah, which which you know, brings up they're to, so offended. They're so offended on behalf of other people. Well, and I, I get tired of the right falling into the trap, too. And you've got I was just talking to you recently about how we're both kind of done with Sean Hannity. You were done with Hannity a long, long before I was. Yeah. But uh, but I, you know, I was slowly but surely kind of getting tired of his shit. Um, but I, I said, to you, you know. I know Glenn Beck can kind of get irritating, but, uh, you know, I still like him. He has a lot to say and it's a lot of good stuff to say. And like the next day he was talking about this, this shooter and he was falling all over himself along with everybody on the, on the show, trying to virtue signal that they're not white supremacists because I never heard about the great replacement theory. White raising none of my friends. I haven't heard any right uh, politician talk about this. It's crazy talk. This is crazy talk. And I'm like, what are you doing? Glenn Beck is very aware of where his money comes from. Yeah. So Glenn Beck is not going to have principles. I mean, he loves to talk about how he does, but if anything looks like it's going to hurt his income, he's, you know, the guy's got more money than he needs, but he's still worried about, you know, how everyone pursues him and stuff. He's not willing to say, he shouldn't have to fall all over yeah, himself. Yeah, it bothers me. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It really is. It's you know, sort of apologizing and genuflecting to the left. And I mean, the reason I've always sort of bothered Hannity's bothered me is, you know, the guy can't stop talking about himself. Yeah. It's, have you ever heard him interview Bill O'Reilly? I mean, these two can't, oh, they can't yeah. shut up talking about themselves. And they're, you know? they're, uh, just this, um, false modesty, false modesty. Thank you. False modesty too. Is it's, it's just so obvious. I don't think Sean Hannity even pretends to be falsely modest. I, I, I don't think he, I, I mean, he's always, I don't know how many times I've heard that he's an MMA fighter and he's a, or he's MMA trained. He was a pistol marksman since he was 17 and all the jobs he's worked and blah, who cares, you know? Yeah. So I just, I can't, I can't take him anymore, but uh, I'll tell you, I'm starting to get a little annoyed by Tucker too. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm, I'm still digging Tucker. He brings up good points, but I, I will tell you one place I absolutely disagree with him on. Um, and I, uh, I hate to say I'm sort of on the Joe Biden thing here, but um, this whole idea of fighting the proxy war with Russia through Ukraine, 
Now, let me say, I don't agree that the, with the reasons that I believe that people like Pelosi and Biden want to do it. I think they're covering their tracks for, um, you know, shitty deals with the Ukrainian right. government. That's why I think they're doing it. Yeah, of course. But my belief is we need to have a foreign policy a little bit more like Reagan had, which is we're going to outspend you. You know, and I know we don't necessarily have as much money for that as we did back in the eighties. We got more debt and all this stuff, but Russia doesn't either. And uh, you know, if they're losing as many troops as they have, and they can't win a freaking land war in the in Ukraine, I'd say keep the pressure on them. You know, mm. but what I do really want to see is Europe chip in, and that's the part that pisses me off more than anything, is those guys just won't get involved. Well. <laughs> When you see things like, well, I, I, I guess I want but what's, what's Tucker, Tucker have to do this, do with this? Tucker is, you know, we shouldn't have anything to do with it whatsoever. I don't think we should be sending advisors over there and all that stuff. I, th I say we sell them as many weapons as they want to buy. Yeah. I don't know. think we should be um, strategically plotting to, to down their battleships or kill their generals. Um, I don't mind if we're giving them that intelligence, but at least be smart about it. Give it to them through somebody be, else. Be smart about it and, and, and stop at the fucking leaking. You know? I know. Uh, but then you you get stories like this. This is from Infowars. K Kellen McBreen. Uh, headline, is, headline is Senate blocks $48 billion small business aid package hours before passing a $40 billion uh, Ukraine aid package. I know. See, that, and that's, that's the stuff that's like, me. yeah, that's the stuff where we're like, enough fucking already. Enough. You know. I I think we should treat them like uh, the fun uncle. Let's show up. Let's write him a check. Let's say we'll help you out a little, but uh, now you're on your own, okay? And then get the hell out of there. And if we want to pass them some uh, some information, you know, to take out some Russian assets with, uh, and by assets I mean military targets not assassinating generals or politicians or anything like that um when uh when we we do that stuff we pass it through uh you know england or germany or italy or something like that you know yeah. well, we I... don't sit there on the news and thump our chest and goes yeah we gave him that information to sink that battleship aren't we cool i don't do that that's yeah. dumb yeah but the my point is the russians can't their economy is about the size of the state of Texas. They can't keep up, you know. Right, but at this and, point, with the way the way our economy is going, it's like you can't just keep throwing money at shit like this. Right. I'm saying we gave them some money. Now let's be done with that part. We can still give them some information and some help like that, but we got to stop writing forty billion dollar checks to these yeah. guys. Well, I mean, I don't see. I don't. So you're saying that Tucker is just harping on about that this is something from. Um, this is there's something behind the scenes, you know. No, Tucker's thing was we shouldn't have anything to do with it. We shouldn't ah. have anything to do with it at all. And I think it's an opportunity through proxy wars. And yes, this is sort of a new Cold War to uh, you know beat your enemy up a lot. I mean, uh, the the Russians did it to us in Vietnam along with the Chinese. We did it to them in Afghanistan. Yeah. They did it to us in Afghanistan. We got to stop getting suckered into these things but also use that opportunity when it comes. Well, and I think part of it is partisan, obviously, because the, the Democrats have benefited from the corruption of Ukraine and they continue to do so. And that's part of what the people like Tucker are probably frustrated over. He's like, he's like, this is all about the left getting cover, providing cover or keeping their, their deals going or whatever. And that's what frust yeah, is frustrating about it. Um, but another thing I want to do another article about, um, from Red State, uh, Dan Crenshaw responds to Tucker Carlson after I patch McCain jab. <laughs> here's the sure. article real quick. So, there, so here's the person writing it. It's called Bonchi. If there's one thing you can say about Tucker Carlson is that he simply doesn't care about going after people classified as being on his side. He's got a long history of slamming Republicans. He disagrees with whether they agree to come on his show or not. That happened again recently when Carlson took a jab at Dan Crenshaw, calling him Ipatch McCain. Crenshaw, an outspoken supporter of the recent 40 billion Ukraine aid package, has criticized those who are against the bill by insinuating they support Russia. Uh, and then there's an exchange between him and Marjorie Taylor Greene that seemed to kick this all off. So, um, 
Uh, they have a, I have a, I don't know, a snippet of it here. Uh, yeah, because investing in the destruction of our adversary's military without losing a single American troop strikes me as a good idea. You should feel the same, Crenshaw wrote. Green chimed in saying Crenshaw is funding a proxy war with Russia. Uh, quote, so you think we are funding a pro proxy war with Russia? You speak as if Ukraine lives should be thrown away, as if they have no value, just used and thrown away. Uh, Green wrote, for your proxy war, how does that help Americans? How does any of this help? Um, then Crenshaw says, still going after that slot on Russia today, huh? Oh, that was a, a dumb response. The exchange shows the small but impactful divide in the Republican Party where a minority of lawmakers have stood in opposition to multiple bills targeting Russia and supporting Ukraine. Crenshaw and Green have had beef in the past, so it's not surprising they clash again. Carlson seemed to take note of this uh, of his commentary, though, as well as later uh, comments made on Fox News with Trey Gowdy, in which Crenshaw dismissed concerns about the baby formula shortage in relation to Ukraine's spending bill. He goes, do you know how much baby formula... Uh, 40 billion can buy none Crenshaw told Fox News guest host former Republican uh, rep Trey Gowdy well he's he's got a point and part of the problem I have with this people calling this a beef on the Republican Party is I think people on the same side can have disagreements you and I are generally on the same side there are things we disagree on I don't like the idea of us spending a ton of money over there so in that sense I understand what Marjorie Taylor Greene is saying, even though I'm not a fan of hers. Um, and then I also understand Crenshaw's point. You know, you sort of have to take the fight to them a little. And if we can do that, spending some money and not costing lives, I'm okay with that too. But at some point I want to stop. I don't like this idea of, I think his saying things where he says, hey, so you're basically supporting Russia. That, to me, is the same thing as when somebody says, well, you know, I didn't get the job because people are racist. You know, it's 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 a cheap arguing tactic, and I don't really care for it. But it doesn't surprise me that Crenshaw wants to get over and do that just like McCain did because, you know, they were both in the military, and that's, the, that's how they see solutions to things. Yeah, Crenshaw has not done very well when he when – he makes jabs at people on the right that and he 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 does it unnecessarily like he did this uh he he was asked about tucker carlson if he had any he is asked if, if tucker carlson had, had support um any culpability regarding regarding the buffalo shooting so he defended tucker but this is what he said he said like i hate tucker carlson i despise him but did he cause this right Crenshaw told The Hill this. He goes, like, I think he's a gross human being. Doesn't mean that his rhetoric caused it. This was caused by a legitimately crazy person. Like, did I, it's, that's, it's that kind of stuff that goes, okay, you're just, you're just, I, I don't know. I don't think Tucker's, he's, a gross, he, I, he's I stepping, Tucker's a gross human being. No, but Crenshaw's I think, stepping into this dislike. I don't know. It's just, it doesn't seem like he chooses his words well when he, especially when he doesn't write it. Like this wasn't writing. I don't think, well, the Hill, but he's done like jabs before with, you know, YouTubers. And he just came across as like, Oh, this is not good. Not a good look, dude. Yeah. I don't know. I certainly think you could find a way to, to say Tucker's a gross human being just based on the way he makes his living. I don't have a ton of respect for people who have TV shows where they basically just make fun of other people. I just, you know, I think Tucker brings up good points. Um, but, uh, the difference to me between him and a Don Lemon or a Chris Cuomo is Tucker has good points. He's got facts to back up what he's saying. Yeah. But he's still, you know, if you don't agree with what he says, you could view him the same way that we view with Don Lemon or Chris Cuomo. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, he so, but he performs an important function. I mean, it, it, you say yeah, his job is yeah. It, it's it's we need well, so, people so like him. Lemon and Cuomo, even though I don't like them. Oh, they they know? perform a a good um job of rallying the right to show what the left are thinking and and to make a talk, you know, to make a good arguments against their bullshit. So it's good that well, they're out there. If you're going to have a free press, you're going to have to hear things you don't like. Yeah, I love it. That's why. Yeah, I never say shut these guys down. Let them talk. Yeah. The more they you know. talk, the worse they sound. But and I, I will agree. I think to to go on and say oh, I don't like Tucker. He's a gross human being. That's you know that's that to me that's beneath 
the office that Dan Crenshaw yeah, That's the kind of thing he, he does too do. much of. Maybe it's maybe he's going to grow into not doing that, but it's almost too late for him at this point. He's kind of known yeah, for it. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But, you know, Tucker does the same thing. He slings stuff like that. But I just, I think the whole thing's a dirty business, and I find it sort of disgusting sometimes. But um, but my point is, overall, I think I think you can you can have two people you don't like or do like that disagree on something and we forget that because they're on the same side on most things doesn't mean they have to be on the same side on everything. It's just like when Rand Paul was saying, Hey, I'm not for giving this aid to, to Russia. Um, he, or to, um, to the Ukraine. He, uh, he takes some shit from a bunch of Republicans going, Hey, come on, we got to help fight the Russians. He's like, I didn't take an oath to defend Europe. Because yeah. it took one to defend the United States of America. And you can say, just like I did, that giving Ukraine some money is a good idea. I also believe, like Rand Paul is saying, there's a point where you say, but we're done doing this now. We have to be done. And back to Crenshaw's point about baby formula, though he said it in a way I think does, that doesn't appeal to most people, in a way, and he should have articulated this better, he's absolutely right. We can say, well, we shouldn't be giving Ukraine $40 billion when we have a, a baby formula shortage here. He is right in that you can't buy baby formula right now, but then it seems to me he should focus on the incompetence of Biden's FDA and why we are where we are. So instead of saying, instead of dismissing it and saying, well, you know, just because, you know, we don't have baby formula doesn't mean we can't send this money over here. He should say, you know, you want to talk about the baby formula thing. Here's why we don't have it. His point is correct, though. It doesn't you can't you can't buy any of it for 40 billion dollars because there isn't any. Well, you know, not in America, at least South America yeah. has a bunch of it. Yeah. And who knows what's in it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, uh, but I don't I, think babies are killing over dead in South America from baby formula. Yeah, maybe not. But I don't know. Uh, I, just, I think it's I think I'm worried that the Biden administration has no idea how to handle an economy, no idea on how to um, fix this stuff, how to change it. I mean, when Reagan went through this, they basically jacked interest rates way up, which was it was crushing to people for about 18 months. But they said all along, they're like, this is the only way to fix it. And it did. Yeah. You know, I don't think Biden's got any idea. And he gets he gets people like Pelosi, basically. She's doing her Marie Antoinette impression. You know, it's like, hey, let's send them five and six and seven hundred dollar yeah. checks. That'll help. No, that's exactly what makes this worse. Look, they they, they knew once once that they got the the um, woo flu went into high gear and the government shuts down shutdowns seemed like they were they were going to be accepted as a long-term proposition they realized that was their moment to usher in their new economic plan their new economic plan was not so much a plan but it was an agenda and it's the uh, the great reset well i can't remember i was watching fox business news the other day and i can't remember which uh political pun or uh, economic pundit was saying it um, this idea of modern monetary theory, where we just keep, you know, spending yeah. more money to fix the problem. You know, Jim Jordan said uh, a while back, somebody said, well, how do you know this doesn't work? It seems to have been working. And he said, yeah, I got to admit, this has lasted longer than I than I thought it would. He goes, but the problem is what happens when it breaks? Yeah, it's going to be we've, huge. We've reached we've reached that point where it's broken. And this this pundit on uh, Fox Business was saying, Look, the MMT thing is over. There's there's nobody who believes this works anymore. Yeah. Because because it, it's been proven to not work. Now we have to figure out how to fix yeah, it. I was saying this after the first few weeks of being shut down and we going on a month and another month. I was saying this. I was saying there's going to be incredibly harsh consequences to this. And I I'm not an economics major, so I don't know specifically what would happen, but it's going to be bad. That's what I've been saying. I've been saying this all along. It's like you can't have this kind of thing happen and not have massive consequences. And the fact that it's taken this long and that people aren't haven't been suffering as much as I, I thought it would have happened sooner. But who knows? Um, but 
they they've just been pushing along which means it's going to get worse and worse and worse when it really does come kind of like when the shit really hits the fan which it seems to be happening now you know you have the the there here's a, a great example of this minnesota farmers are far behind schedule this planting season so mm-hmm. we're going to see a big problem with with uh with stocking food and it's not just it's not just a distribution problem anymore it's a it's a stock problem we're not going to have the fucking food well see that's the other thing I, I, we can't get too hyperbolic here we may not have we may not have as many choices as we had before but the united states it has always been um a huge net exporter of food uh we have plenty of food in this country to feed this country and then many other places i guess i'm not saying to like fall into you know hyper ventilating and despair over this but it's gonna fucking hurt you're gonna you're oh, yeah, you're yeah. not gonna be living the life you think you want to live you're gonna be living on on a tight a way tighter budget than you ever imagined you were going to yeah exactly and people living this good life they're gonna realize real very soon once their 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 house gets um foreclosed on and their cars get repossessed and you know they don't have the money they thought they had they're going to find out real fast that it's they're going to go and they're going to be standing in lines waiting for for government cheese and it's not they're not going to starve but it's not going to be fucking um you know eating out every day and uh, ordering uber eats and you know and uh, living the great life yeah exactly the one part i'm looking forward to on there though is that those people are driving uber eats and they're gonna have to go out and get fucking jobs you know yeah yeah, so. yeah. I don't want to make it sound like we're gonna starve to death in America, but I mean, no, but but parts of the world are. That yeah, we're gonna be able to weather the brunt of this, but uh, so, but Ukraine, but we're not gonna we're not gonna be prosperous either. That's the problem. Right. So Ukraine, for example, um, is one of the largest exporters of wheat mm-hmm. in the world. They're not they're not gonna be able to do that. India, and this should scare people. India exports like the third biggest exporter of wheat in the entire world. They just put, um, they made exports illegal. They basically are saying, we don't know how much food we're going to need. So no, you're not exporting anything, you know? Yeah. Which is what we should do with our fucking petroleum. Uh, Yeah, I know. Well, that's a whole nother thing, but I, the one thing that's good that's coming out of this is that, it is going to be such an epic collapse of the Democrat Party, I believe, that I hope the Republican Party doesn't smugly turn around and say, we'll fix this, and then do their sort of, you know, uh, big government, one party kind of, we're all in this together yeah. kind of stuff. But, no, take your lessons from the left. Yeah. You know, do it. So when you get in power and you can fix this stuff, fix it the difference is the left does things that sound good you know like hey we're not going to uh we're not going to use fossil fuels anymore because that's bad for the planet well now you're going to have rolling brownouts in certain places you know um and people aren't going to understand why that happens when that happens um but what the republican party's got to do is when they get in power and they get a chance to do this stuff They put, you know, some permanent tax reforms in, all of that kind of stuff. And stop worrying about when the left says, you know, you're going to put you're going to put these tax cuts on for the rich on the backs of the middle class. You have to respond to that stuff by saying, who's the middle class and what does pay your fair share mean? Give me numbers. Yeah, because you have to make them answer for their own rhetoric. And we never do that stuff, you know. When someone says, you know, hey, well, the middle class pay, and here's another thing Hannity does, drives me nuts. You know, they'll say uh, the rich have to pay their fair share. And he goes, 57% of this country doesn't pay any tax. Nobody fucking believes that. Nobody believes it. It's absolutely true. But no one believes it. You know? So you have to ask them questions like, well, what's middle class? Because people have no idea. I think I, I can't remember if I mentioned this in the podcast before, but. You know, we've got some friends who are teachers. So you get a couple of teachers in in a household. In the state of Minnesota, the average teacher pay is something like $65,000. You've got two people in that house, family of four, family of five, making 65000 bucks each. And by the way, the best health care in the state, because that's what 
Education Minnesota make sure to get. Um, they've, they're making $130,000. That is not middle class. That yeah. puts you in the top 10% of income earners. You are upper class. Yeah. And you say that to them and they're like, no, that can't be. That's not true. We're middle class. It's like, no, you're not. Yeah. You're going to Disney on vacation every third or fourth year. You yeah. are not middle class. They only feel like middle class because they have a shitload of debt because they don't know how to live within their means. So they're, they're paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So they've got the, the nice home, the vacation home, the nice two, three cars. They've got, you know, the yeah, credit card you debt. You a cabin. Yeah. You are not middle class. I'm sorry. Yeah. You have two homes. But they, but you're the, not middle class. But they're scraping by because they can't make them barely make their payments. Yeah, I know. So they're 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 solidly middle class, can't you see? That's how that works. Well, I think middle class is just what you think you are. Yeah. You know. Well, I'm still incredibly frustrated because I gave up again, gave up looking for a home for houses. Um Yes, but you have to right now. Yeah, I know. And it's just it's just fucking frustrating just to to know that we you know, I missed the boom times by about five years. <clears throat> so Yeah, but the thing is the boom times always come around again. There's right. going to be a time within the next three years when um, you will be able to find way more house than you thought you would. And on top of that, you will have saved up more money. Yeah. So that's the way to do it. The Part of the problem and the frustration I have with people is, you know, when it comes to things they want, they don't feel like they should have to sacrifice for it. You know, I mean, the first house I bought was not a house I was going to live in my whole life, you know? It wasn't, it wasn't huge. It was fine. It was probably the equivalent of a lot of family of four sec, uh, final home, you know? I mean, it was a split level, 2,000 foot, three bedroom, two bath kind of place. Plenty for me and a roommate, right? But I bought that house knowing that that house was going to pay for, was going to buy my second house. And my second house was going to buy my last house, you know? And when you start telling people that, they're like, Jesus, that's like a 15-year process. And you go, yeah, it is. And they just think, well, it shouldn't be like that. I want the house I want now. And they call stuff like Realtor, uh, realtor realtor.com, they call it uh, um, chick porn. Because they go on there and they just search through all these things. And and what what you really have to look at is say, yeah, it would be nice to have a craft room and a butler pantry and blah, blah, blah. But those are in $750,000 homes. Yeah. You can't have it. You yeah. know, my problem is I want to, when I get a home, I don't want to move again. <laughs> so I'm getting too old for that. You know, when you're younger, it's a lot easier. So Yeah. And you, you may have, you may be able to find that home in a couple of years yeah. because there's going to be a lot of these homes going back to the bank. Yeah. Well, unless BlackRock still continues to buy inventory and rentals. Uh, I don't think BlackRock's going to be doing a whole lot of buying and a whole lot of stuff. You seen BlackRock's uh, stock price lately? Yeah, it's they're in trouble. Okay. So, I mean, <laughs> trouble for hope. them is a relative term, but you know, they're not going to be business as usual the way they've been. So. Yeah. Well, I got a couple other stories here, unless you have something Go you ahead. to talk about. So, uh, Afghan security guard arrested for sexually assaulting Ukrainian children at asylum center in Germany. They apprehended an Afghan male working security at an asylum center for U- Ukrainian refugees after he was accused of sexually assaulting multiple children staying there. On Wednesday, authorities in the state of Baden-Württemberg announced the arrest of a security guard suspected of harassing and sexually touching two girls aged six and seven who had been staying at their reception center in the town of Mesitin. I can't even pronounce it. Uh, the 24-year-old Afghan national was brought before the magistrate Uh, District Court Tuesday, the judge issued an arrest warrant requested by the public prosecutor's office and put it into effect. Um, Children reportedly told their mother about the attack and she notified management of the security service. They immediately arrested him and he's brought before court uh, amid an ongoing investigation. Uh, Oops, did you hear that? Yep. Yeah, I forgot to turn my... I forgot to turn that off. But... um, uh, all across Europe, female refugees from Ukraine are being terrorized by male migrants from the Middle East and Africa. An 18-year-old Ukrainian woman who's been staying in refugee accommodations in Dusseldorf was reportedly raped by two migrants from Iraq and Nigeria in March. Australian police recently arrested three teen migrants from Afghanistan and Iran for allegedly raping a young girl in a build, building housing Ukrainian refugees in the city of Linz. 
Um, you know, but diversity is our strength. Yeah. You know, it's just like these kind of things just frustrate me. It's like this could not, this could be easily avoided. You know, like why would you hire Afghans to run security in charge of women and children when we know that they're goat fuckers? Yeah, it's, you know, I know Trump took a bunch of shit for this when he said it, when he said, you know, there's a lot of shithole countries out there. It's not wrong. Look, when I say they're goat fuckers, I'm kidding, but kind of. But the thing is, Afghanistan is known for um, treating their women like shit. The males treat the women like shit. Not all of them, of course, but generally speaking. We're not talking about the difference between like an Afghan and Saudi Arabia. You know, Saudi Arabia, women don't have a lot of rights. And, you know, I think they just were able to drive, but they at least can go to school and they're not habitually abused yeah, by and, the men. And, and look, I'm sure there's a, um, groups or um, uh, families in Afghanistan where the women are respected, you know, where yeah, they're not I treated mean, like they're not raped We're making daily. a generalization. Right. But sometimes you have to make generalizations. And if you're going to hire a guy into a Western European country, hire a guy to be in charge of women and children, and he's a 24-year-old from Afghanistan, you just find a reason to say no. <laughs> it's that yeah. simple. It's that fucking simple. I know it's and that and that Afghani he should understand that he should go yeah you know I come from a shitty country where where rape is kind of you know it's kind of expected and uh, and and has meant a blessing to do it I, I understand why you wouldn't want to hire me <laughs> maybe I should find another job I'll be yeah, a dock worker or something you know uh, you know rape and uh, child molestation are basically the two worst crimes you can commit you know well it's kind of like um, there's certain jobs that I wouldn't expect it to 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 be uh, i don't know like a security like if there was a position for security guard at a women's shelter um you know i i guess i and they go well we kind of want a female security guard i go yeah that makes sense you know yeah like i I wouldn't go well fuck you guys i'm good I'm, i'm not a rapist i wouldn't rape these women that's not the fucking point you know well, yeah, it's not a good it's not a good look for the women. They're not going to feel safe, you know. I mean, and I, the chance is a guy like me, um, who knows, who knows. But with a woman, your chances are so much less. You don't have to go well percentage wise. You know, with a woman, you're going to be like the percentage wise of a chance of this woman being a, a violent rapist are going to be like point zero zero one percent. Whereas the chances of any man showing up here, there's going to be a higher percent chance that that man's going to be you know a piece of shit. Wait a second. I just want to back up to the part where you said a guy like you. <laughs> In my age group, I should say. I see. So, oh, we're being general again. I'm yes. Being specific. So, I but, gotcha. but, you know, I'm not elderly. I'm not geriatric. You yeah. Know? So, you know, if I, if I. Well, um, the, the only thing about this is, though, if you showed up and they said, we can't hire you because you're a man. And you said, but I identify as a woman. There we go. They would say, oh, well, come on in. Yeah. Well, that does remind me of Larry Korea, author. Um, he's a um, big guy, kind of swarthy. And uh, he talked about, you know, if, if I get in an elevator in the middle of the night in a parking garage with a woman and she clutches her purse closer and kind of like, you know, keeps an eye on me, I'm like, good for you. And not because I'm <laughs> not because I'm a bad guy and I'm going to do that. But, you know, there could be a guy out there that you should be a leery of and you should, you know, and you should be careful about. And if you don't know me, I would expect that you would do that. With any man, you know, because he could overpower you. So don't just accept accept the fact that just because I'm a nice guy and nothing's going to happen, that the next big swarthy gentleman is going to be the same as me, you know? Well, so I remember hearing this story. Um, there, there's a baseball player in the late 70s, early 80s, uh, Reggie Jackson, Mr. October. Um, I'm a pretty big guy. And uh, I remember someone, it was a relative of mine, said they knew someone who was in an elevator and he got on the elevator and he had his little dog with him. I don't know if this story is true or not, but it was, uh, it, you know, it's a good example of how this can go. So he gets on the elevator and this woman is on there with this, you know, bigger black guy. And he says, lay down. And she just looked at him and she kind of leaned against the wall like, oh my God. And he goes, I'm talking to the dog. 
<laughs> like you could see the look on her face, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm talking to the dog. But you know, I mean, you can't you can't blame her. She's yeah. not, she, you know, she she didn't know any better. Exactly. So, so um, uh, so got another one. I got a couple more here. Might as well go through them real quick here. Um, I've got something from Alpha News here. The headline is "No No Data Supports Threat of White Supremacists." The DOJ could only identify four federal hate crimes related to race in 2021. Similarly, the FBI only categorized five murders as hate-related in 2020, a fairly small number in a country of 30, 330 million. And that doesn't, I mean, that sounds to me like that doesn't even take into account. Are they just talking about white supremacy hate crimes? Like, or I shouldn't say supremacy, but white on other race crimes? Because there's been a shitload more, you know, um, black on Asian and black on Jewish crime in New York than, than, than that, I would assume. Well, you know, what's funny. We talked about the Buffalo shooter at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. On the same day, there was a oh, shooting yeah. in a church in California. I think it was. Yeah. They will not name or show pictures of the shooter in that one. Yeah. It was a 64 year old Asian man. Yeah. And you were telling me mad, who was mad about the way, China is being portrayed uh, versus Taiwan. No, I didn't know. I don't know if he shot up a Taiwanese church or something like that. But, I mean, he planned this out pretty meticulously and everything. They will not say his name. They will not show his picture. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, because he's Asian. And is there another one where a black guy shot? I don't think he killed, but he shot three um, massage parlor um, employees. Mm-hmm. And he, the the reason we know it's it was it was a hate a racial hate crime is because his girlfriend came out and said, yeah, he oh, he really hates Asian people. <laughs> he yeah. he really ever since he had a traffic accident with him, um, he's had a real raging hatred for for Asians, and he thinks the Asian mafia is out to get him. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like, but you don't hear anything about this in the mainstream news. So exactly. Because it doesn't fit the narrative they want to talk about. Uh, so a little bit more of this article. Joe Biden will travel to Buffalo on Tuesday, uh, although he couldn't be bothered to travel to uh, Waukesha after the uh, after the guy plowed through the Christmas parade. Uh, uh, see, it wasn't a guy. It was a car. Uh, travel to Buffalo on Tuesday, ostensibly to join the up upstate New York community in mourning the murder of 10 people at a local grocery store this weekend. It is, of course, appropriate for Biden and his role as president to grieve with Americans devastated by such a brutal massacre of innocence, especially an attack that, from all accounts, was racially motivated. What's not appropriate is for Biden to use the atrocity as a platform to fuel even more hatred and division in a country ripping apart the seams in so many ways. But that's exactly what he will do. The man who launched his 2020 campaign for president touting the lie that Donald Trump uh, commended very fine white supremacists after a 2017 protest in Charlottesville can be expected to pr- promote another lie. Violent white supremacists and domestic extremists pose a heightened threat to the country. Yeah, he already did that. Um, yep. So, yeah, that tired mantra remains an animating feature of the Biden regime. Yeah, they they are such race hustlers. It's ridiculous. They're, they're, they're just on overdrive. That's me commenting. That's not the article. Back to the article. On his second full day in office, Biden instructed his national security team to devise a whole-of-government approach to combat, quote, domestic terrorism, unquote, largely using the events of January 6th as a pretext. Uh, Press Secretary Saki promised a fact-based analysis upon which we can shape policy when she announced the initiative in 2021, but the 32-page report issued by Merrick Garland's Justice Department during a public ceremony in in June was long on rhetoric and short on facts. So while noting mass shootings committed by white men in Charleston, Pittsburgh, and El Paso, the analysis failed to provide what it described as a persistent and emerging threat of domestic terrorism. Um, Further, the unrelated handful of acts took place over a six-year period, hardly representative of a systemic systemic pattern of white-on-black violence. Horrible and sickening? Yes. Carnage that mirrors the harshest punishment possible for the perpetrators? Yes. But is it representative of a pervasive threat requiring the use of intrusive government and private sector surveillance tools once reserved for foreign terrorists? No. You know, and and also this, I don't know, this article goes on, I'm not going to continue because it's pretty long, but um, also the fact is that more of this stuff is happening from 
other races towards other races towards for blacks towards asians towards hispanics and blacks towards blacks this this kind of thing is not a white on other race issue so much as it is actually the other way around whites have been targeted much more and and they are and also whites are murdered more by police percentage wise not just by numbers because we know there's more whites in this country but but by percentage wise they're killed not did i say murdered uh I, I, yes. I didn't mean it. <laughs> I didn't mean no, it. you might have said killed. Okay. Uh we're I've been have been killed and police are more apt to shoot an armed white suspect than an armed black suspect. You know? Yeah. And and so it, it just it just drives me crazy that that it's so easy to spread this kind of bullshit and this this racial hatred foment and then people like me and you that know the truth of this go like are we in crazy world because you'll talk to just a regular person on the street and they'll believe every bit of the rhetoric from the left wholeheartedly they think thousands of people have been thousands of black men have been murdered by cops in the last year alone well i was i was shocked i think i've told you this before i was talking to my dad who's an extremely well-educated guy you know, reasonably conservative and, you know, he's a never Trumper and he bought into this whole thing about, uh, the, um, January 6th deal and, uh, the white power symbol, the okay sign. And I'm like, dad, you, you have to know that's not true. And he goes, why do you say that? I'm like, it's a whole 4chan trolling thing. I gave him the whole history of it. And he goes, I don't even know what 4chan is. And I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't change anything, you know? And I told them the whole Covington thing about, you know, showing the kids all at a basketball game, all wearing white clothes with their, you know, the okay sign. And I'm like, it's a three-point shot. That's in the NBA right now. If you do that, they put the referee puts his hand up and does that. Yeah. That's what they're doing at this game. Yeah. Yep. And he just dismisses it like, I don't know what this 4chan stuff is you're talking about. It sounds so out of bounds that you must just be making that stuff up. And I just want to be like, my God, how can you, how can you not know that? Or how can you at least not go, wait a second, what, you know? Yeah. Show me, tell me. Instead of just dismissing it outright. It's so just, Oh, that's just, you're just making excuses. Yeah. I remember he and I had the same thing about uh, guns and my mom and dad have their conceal and carry. Right. And my dad was saying, uh, well, you know, most of the country supports background checks. And I'm like, well, that depends on how you ask the question. Right. Yeah. That's and a- he goes, oh, here we go with this. He and- goes, don't give me that stuff. And I'm like, oh, that no, has everything to do with every- language has everything to do with everything. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things they're going through with the abortion debate. Which yeah. I don't want to I don't want to get into right now. Too late to get into say, that right now. They say most of the country uh, supports uh, abortions. Yes, in the first trimester. Once you start getting beyond that, um, it gets really queasy. And almost all of the country is against late-term abortions. Yeah. You know? It's just the surveys are there. And so what the left wants to do all the time is say, nope, they uh, they support. I mean, and the question is, do you support a woman's right to choose? And they'll be like, well, yes. Well, that doesn't mean yeah. that most of the country is for third trimester abortions. A good example of language language being used kind of weaponized is this uh, the don't say gay bill. Yeah. That that even the right was parroting. And and, yeah. and and it just drives me crazy. And when you have somebody who's you know, who's smart, who's on the right and kind of understands everything, and they just kind of fall into the trap of using their rhetoric, that's a big mistake because words are powerful. See, I think I think the right's gotta start fighting sort of dirty on some of the stuff. And what I mean by that is if I was in a debate with somebody and they said, Oh, it's a don't say gay bill, I'd say, but you just did. And they'd be like, what? <laughs> I'd be like, it, you say it's don't say gay, but you just did, you know? And they'd be like, "What? Well, no, I'm t- no, I would say, no, you just did it. You j- you can't say it's don't say gay when you're saying it's gay. And they're like, well, that's not what I mean. We're like, okay, well, where does it say gay in the bill? Where does it say that? Yeah. Is and the bill? Go, well, that's, that's not what it means. Or that's not, it may not say that, but that's not what it means. Also, they're just, 
they wrote this big long bill with thousands of words in it, but they didn't use the one word that would have explained very easily what they meant. They just kind of nudge, nudge, wink, wink kind of thing. Well, you know, you know what I would do in that instance? They go, so you're having a debate with somebody. They go, so let's talk about this don't say gay bill. And I go, you mean the grooming bill or the anti-grooming bill? Is that the one you're talking about? Where you're not supposed to groom children for sexual deviancy or sexual um, um, abuse? Well, that's not what that means. It, it means, yeah, that means exactly what I said. It means don't. If you no, say, we we know exactly what you would say. What? If someone said no, it's a don't say gay bill. You'd be like, stop being such a faggot. <laughs> I mean, that would that would you be would. pretty. That'd be pretty you fun. Would. <laughs> you would do it. <laughs> it be, be too. Me I'm wrong. It would be too hard to pass up. I suppose. Yeah, you would do it. Yeah, you know, it's a great word. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, I use it. I one? use it. I use it for a bunch of people. No, we're coming <laughs> up on that's over. It's over an hour in here. So, all right. Um, we'll leave it there. Well, as usual, uh, we appreciate any contact with us on Facebook through the uh, Bread and Circuses podcast page, and that's where you know, I try and post stuff every week. And uh, whether it's funny memes or you know uh, different stories, or occasionally a bit of a rooster rant. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, if you can like, share, comment, all that, support us on that page, that would be great. See you, bye.